0: May all beings be happy, may all beings be healthy, may all beings be free from harm, may all beings love life, may all beings awaken. Welcome to another QC Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Kuk Audio and QC Archives, preserving the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. Mm. So, today we've got a guest, Kamala Buckner, Kamala Cesar Buckner. Kamala is a dancer, and she was a student of Shunyu Suzuki's and uh, a student of Bala Saraswati, T. Bala Saraswati, Um, uh, an Indian dance teacher. Ah, that's interesting. Saraswati is... um, well, just in terms of uh, the Hinduism I know in Bali uh, represents uh, education, the arts, um, uh, you know, like a, a, a goddess of—and and, and I have a sort of Swati little tiny one, like four-inch statue that Katrinka got me that's uh, in uh, my— uh, Record my other recording studio where, where with my my new one, uh, where I'm I'm working on uh, the audio book for Thank You and Okay now, uh, and um, hmm, all right, Balasaraswati, very interesting. Kamala founded uh, Lotus Music and Dance um, in in New York City. And, um, again, I was just looking at her page on cuke.com. Uh, I suggest you go uh, read her interview there. It touches on stuff uh, that we don't get to in this uh, phone chat. She's had a life around dance and, uh, and uh, has been quite involved in, uh, with her uh, Mohawk ancestry in New York. Uh, And a couple of years ago, there was a big drums along the Hudson event that uh, I featured on cute.com that she um, was like the artistic director of it. Or it was sponsored by Lotus Music and Dance, a Native American and multicultural festival. But she said it it happens every year. Uh, And she talks about that a little bit in our uh, discussions here. So, um, all right. So if you want to uh, read uh, on kuk.com, uh, just uh, her her interview there, just go to kuk.com and write uh, Kamala, K-A-M-A-L-A in the site search box. And it'll come up. Kamala Cesar Buckner. Or you can go to the drop-down menu for people and hit names and get it there. But the site search box is the easiest thing to use. Okay, well, look, after we've had our pause to meditate, we'll get right into that call to Kamala. See, what was happening? Uh, oh yeah, I think, you know, I have this problem a lot. It, uh, the call kept going to uh, voicemail, so she didn't hear the phone ring. I had another number for them uh, and got through that way and then uh, something like that. So it took a while. So you, you can hear it right at first, so you, oh, finally. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's hear it from Kamala. Right after our pause to meditate. So when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you like. And when you're through, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And uh, we'll get on with this uh, talk with Kamala Cesar Buckner. Hello. Hi. Hi. Ah. Well, we made it. Ah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good. Good. How are you doing?
1: Hanging in there. Trying to just taking it day by day.
0: <laughs> yeah. How's um let's see, what's the name of your dance thing? Lotus?
1: Lotus music and
0: dance. Oh yeah. Lotus music and dance. How's that going?
1: Yeah, well, we somehow we are surviving. It's, um, there's been a lot of sort of American Rescue Plan money being pumped into, uh, the arts, you know, world. And a lot of the schools have gotten this money and they've been booking our artists like a lot. Mm. Um, So we've been very busy. Uh, you know, keeping, you know, getting artists uh, into the school, So that's good. That's good.
0: Ah, what sort of artists?
1: Well, you know, we do music, uh, dance from all over the world. So we have Japanese, Indonesian, Indian, I mean Native American, uh, Persian, <laughs> you name it, we got it. <laughs> mm.
0: That's wonderful. You studied uh, Indian dance, as I recall. Yeah.
1: South Indian, yeah.
0: Wow. Um how'd that come about?
1: Well, let's see, I was in uh Berkeley living in Berkeley and I was in the uh, theater group called the Floating Lotus Magic Opera Company. Oh
0: Daniel Moore, fantastic. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. And
1: uh, and it was through some a uh, ballet dancer who used to come and work with the group, who went to UCLA and studied with um, my teacher, Bala Saraswati, one summer. And she came back and told us about how amazing this dance form was and it turned out there was someone teaching in Berkeley who was a disciple of um, Bala. And um, mm. I started taking classes. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
0: And, um, oh, that's fantastic. I forgot you were with the Floating Lotus Magic Opera. <laughs> ba Dean, what was his name? He changed it. Of uh, um, uh, the line. Oh, yeah, right, right. Ba Dean was another person I know who took a name from uh, that um, uh-huh. part of the world. Uh, oh. Um, well,
1: and then mean that Daniel was the one that actually taught me how uh, how to sit because he had been involved with Zen Center.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, let's, um, I want to hear about it.
1: Yeah, well, well, you know, the Floating Lotus was basically a group of people who were, they were all sort of um, exploring different types of meditation. Mm-hmm. And, um that's kind of what brought everyone together. That's what you know, like we we did together. We started all of our you know work you know on the plays and stuff you know in a meditation circle. Huh. And then um, and there are a lot of you know people doing different types of, of uh, practices. And, and Daniel had talked about his involvement with Ben Center.
0: What year was that? We're talking about.
1: Uh, 1968.
0: Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, so we. So I started, you know, after he told me these stories about the 50 I decided I wanted to um, explore Zen more. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Zen Center when it was still at the synagogue and mm-hmm. went to one of the uh, Zazen sessions and. And then
0: started sitting in Berkeley at the Berkeley Zendo. Of- oh, oh yeah. And um uh, so what was it like for you?
1: Well, I mean it it was it seemed like it would really be kind of like what what I was looking for. It mm-hmm. was it sort of suited me. <laughs> Yeah. And somehow, and somehow, because of, I don't know, Daniel had a friend that Ben said, I can't remember her name now. But um, I had called and said I would like to, you know, can we see with you are? She, and and she arranged it. And I got to meet
0: him. 68, maybe Yvonne Rand. No,
1: it wasn't Yvonne. It was another older woman. I can't remember her name. Pat Harrisoff? Maybe, maybe. She was an older woman. Catherine Thanis. Yeah, so, she came to Berkeley and, you know, spoke to our group a number of times. And then, um, you know, I'd go to San Francisco. And um, at one point, um, you know, I told Suzuki I wanted to go to Paso and he said, you, can, you shouldn't go to Casa to visit, but, you know, you shouldn't, you know, like, go there to practice. You should practice in San Francisco. And so then I moved over to the San Francisco center for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Yoshimura center was there. you remember him, the, the visiting place in Japan?
0: Well, th- there was Kobuncino um, uh, uh well uh, dining Katagiri, you know is uh, suzuki's assistant yeah, for,
1: yeah
0: uh yeah he yeah, came it, in yeah. sixty four and uh yeah he was he was it, he and suzuki were almost like a team yeah. you know? um so well do you remember anything in particular about uh, Suzuki meeting him, or any exchange? Well,
1: well the first time I had focus on with him, he um, I I was kind of like you know dressed like very colorfully from the floating lotus, you know, of course, right. style, and and had very long hair. And he said to me, "Why don't you cut your hair?" I said, Well, if you want to cut my hair, cut my hair. <laughs> so he looked around and he said, Mm, I can't find I can't find a pair of scissors. <laughs> so then he said, When you go back to your friend, just you tell them I cut your hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anything more there?
1: Not really. We we always always sort of talked about my dancing and and uh and and just practicing,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. Very
1: simple, straightforward, and I remember the first seven days session- session I thought that was with him, you know, in San Francisco. oh yeah, And I'll, I'll never forget the thing that he said to everyone the first day. He said, you know, if this is your first time, it's very difficult, it'll be very difficult, it'll be very painful. But, you know, if, if it gets too hard, you know, go and take take some rest or, you know, take a break, but don't leave.
0: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: And, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was, it was great, yeah.
0: Well, how was it?
1: It was, just, it was difficult, for sure, but everybody stayed.
0: It's still difficult for me. Uh, yeah. I I've done some Vipassana retreats here. Uh, mm-hmm. uh um but they've been good. Um hmm. So uh did you make it down to Tassahara?
1: I did. I did. It was um in December. Um and I'm gonna forget this is so crazy. Um it was pouring rain, you know, trying to get down there, and when when uh, a friend of mine drove me down there, so when we got down there, the the road was closed, or you couldn't get in, so I I had to wait overnight in this little house, and then when it stopped raining, the only way I could get there was to walk in, you know, to walk from the, the beginning of that gatehouse, and... Had no idea how far it was. Oh my
0: gosh, that's uh, fourteen miles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but I made it.
0: <laughs> wow! Like you could have December. The road was. Are you? Did you say December?
1: It was December, yeah.
0: And the road it was over was,
1: Christmas. It was, it had been raining. it had there was terrible rain,
0: huh, and I guess it was, the rain the road was washed out, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's unusual time for there to be terrible rain or for the road to be washed out. Usually, it's more like in uh, February or around then, wow, um, that's a heck of a walk, I mean, I've done it, but uh, whoa, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, beautiful walk though, huh, yeah. Wow! So uh, and what a time to go there. That's like the coldest uh, yeah, time of the year with the least sun. I mean, there's hardly any sun at that time because it's in that deep valley. So, yeah. so well, uh, <laughs> that was the least. Um, that was the most Zen time to go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you went uh, during the interim after the practice period yeah, was yeah. over.
2: That's right. Ah.
0: Was, um, wow! Wow! So, so uh, how long did you stay there? I think I stayed about a week. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow. Ah, that would um, that would that that's a very interesting experience of Tassahara. and you've been back. I think I went back a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been back in in recent decades?
1: <laughs> no.
0: Oh. No, I haven't. No. Oh, I miss it. I'd love to go back. Mm-hmm. So uh, where do you come from? I was born in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Well, um, I'd sort of like to hear what led you from... Being born in Brooklyn to the uh, Floating Lotus Magic Opera.
1: Well, I actually went out to California to go to, go to college. Um, I had gone to college for, for a year at a small college in the Midwest and didn't really like it. And then I moved to New York and uh, went to NYU and you know, had a day job and I went at night and, and I had a roommate who had been to UC Berkeley for a summer course, and um, she had decided she wanted to go back to Berkeley. She said, you
0: know,
1: why don't you come with me? So I did. Mm. And while I was kind of waiting, not well, needed to establish residency, you know, in order to go to the university, you know, without paying, so I... Somehow got involved with the floating Lotus and kind of got me on a whole different path.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh wow. Um, and did you did you spend much time at UC Berkeley?
1: Well, I eventually went. I eventually went back to school. Yeah. Um, and I and I got my degree from UC Berkeley.
0: Oh wow! Wow. I think it's harder to do now. Uh, yeah, everything's more expensive. Um, Poor young people. Things yeah, so much better for us. God. Mm. Um. And and what'd you get a degree in? Um. I got a degree in
1: environmental
0: sciences. Wow. Uh, now you you come from, um. Uh, there is, uh, as I recall, it's uh, Mohawk in your ancestry, right? right? Right, my mother was Mohawk. What was that like? I mean, did you, uh, how did that influence you?
1: Well, it really didn't growing up because I, my mother didn't tell us who
2: was a Mohawk. <laughs> we were growing up. Wow.
1: Uh, yeah, she told us we were a French-Canadian <laughs> because she was born on the Canadian side of the law reservation. preservation. <laughs> and um, as a child, her, when her mother died and the father was, you know, not in the picture, they sent her to a boarding school, an Indian boarding school in Canada. And... Um, of course, you know, the story of these boarding schools, the whole well, purpose was to sort of, you know, wipe out their culture. Oh. And so they were not allowed to speak the language. And they were pretty much taught that being Indian was bad. So mm. it's she was ashamed to admit you was Indian. And, um, you shouldn't tell. I didn't know I was Mohawk until I was in high school.
0: Mm. Oh, that's terrible. God. Uh. Well, that's changed now. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, wow. Well, you've been involved with uh, uh, the, uh, the Mohawk, uh, what do you call it? The Mohawk Nation? or mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the in, Mohawk Nation. In recent years. Uh, yeah,
1: when I came back to New York, after I moved back to New York, um, you know, my mother would come out from California and want to go up to visit a family um, on the reservation. So I would go, go up with her or take her up to like an eight hour, you know, bus ride from New York City. To, to, to where? It's the Mohawk Reservation. Where? In New York.
0: Oh, it was. It the Mohawks are from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, eight and, hours. On the
1: reservation. You're, you're tra- Reservation is on the border of New York State and Canada.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Wow.
1: So I would take them up there, and um, and on one of our trips, I I met. Um, I was introduced to a young artist, a Mohawk artist, uh, who then introduced me to the traditional, you know, uh, Longhouse uh, chief Tom Porter, and. I began to, you know, find out more about traditional Mohawks because my mother obviously was raised Catholic because she went to. She was put into this boarding school, yeah, and um, you know, most of her family, you know, had been converted to Catholicism. So, uh, you know, I didn't really know anything about what it was, what it really meant to be Mohawk, and so I, you know, I, I asked one of my aunts. I said, "Well." you know, what is the Mohawk, the traditional Mohawk cultural about and so she said and so she introduced me to this um artist and uh Brad Bonaparte. And so he he said, Well why don't you come up it's one of the ceremonies invite he invited me to go to the the midwinter ceremony, which is a seven day ceremony. Like it's like the New Year uh ceremony. Mm. And um And that's when I met Tom Porter, and uh, then I invited him to come to New York to do a whole series of, basically, what they were like um, to talk about and to show and to explain what goes on throughout the ceremonial year in the Longhouse,
2: Mm.
1: and he explained all the different ceremonies, and, and people could. You know, like participate in what they would normally do in the ceremony, you know, in New York. So it was very educational mm. <laughs> for everyone because who knows? I mean, usually people aren't allowed, outsiders aren't allowed to go to the ceremony.
0: But you're not really and an outsider.
1: A- no, I I got to go, but you know, most people. Would not know what, the, what that was, you know, what it was like. Mm-hmm. So, but he agreed that he thought it was a good idea to to share that information with people who were interested. And, um, so a lot of people were interested. And it was, uh, it went on for like a year and a half because it would happen at the time that there were ceremonies were happening in the longhouse. He would come down with the singers and the dancers and, and he would talk about, you know, the, the midwinter ceremony or the, the maple ceremony and all the different ceremonies that happened and explain you know what they meant and what they would do in the longhouse when when the ceremonies happened.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Now you're uh you you uh had this event uh uh Sponsored by Lotus Music and Dance, uh, Drums Along the Hudson, a Native American and multicultural festival. That was a few years ago.
1: It happens every year. Oh, really? This is our 20th 20th anniversary
0: this year. Oh, my, my. And uh, what's that about?
1: So it, start, it started out as a, basically a powwow, you know, a Native American powwow. Um, we actually applied for a, a grant from the city to do an outdoor event. And, and I thought, well, you know, a powwow is usually done outdoors. And, and so um, we decided to do a powwow. And there's a park in northern Manhattan, um, Inwood Hill Park that I had gone to some Native American events up there, uh, because it was it was originally a Lenape Indian village. Mm-hmm. And so this Native American group used to do this event every year. And, you know, basically it was like a powwow. they'd be singing and dancing and there'd be craft people there and it'd be like a you know, a celebration, a gathering. And at one point, they lost their, their funding, and it didn't happen. It hadn't happened. Nothing happened. Nothing made it happened to in a long time. So when we got this grant in 2002, they um, went to the Parks Department. and I said, you know, well, we have this grant in the city, and we'd like to do a powwow. And they were like, oh, that would be great, you know, because this place historically has native, you know, this native history, and it would be great to do that. And so we started doing it, and... Every year, it just got bigger and bigger, and I think when when we finally, you know, moved the the date into uh, June, when the weather was, you know, great, like we had like over eight thousand people show up.
0: Oh my gosh, that's something.
1: Yeah, so it's um, it's gotten pretty big. Hmm and even last year after the, you know they opened we were allowed to do it last year you know when they started allowing outdoor events um, oh yeah in may and june uh, and everything had to be done according to you know to covid restrictions and checking the vaccination cards and all that mm. and we thought well you know we should do it because some people
0: will want to come, but we had a couple thousand people, so that was not bad. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's great, that's great. Um, and uh, now you you've got that you've got uh, dancers from uh, all over the world. You're talking about you know uh, going into the into the uh, school systems and, uh, I guess, doing performances, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. They,
1: they either do performances or they do a residency where, you know, for six to eight weeks, and they teach the children about the culture and the dances, and then the kids perform at the end of the eight weeks.
0: Oh. Oh, well, that's serious. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been to some uh you know like big festival events here in Bali where there's mm-hmm. uh you know everybody thinks about Bali as the place where there's gamelan and dance and stuff like that but there there's there's gamelan and dance from many many places in Indonesia and'd see mm-hmm. one after another and they'd have different types of clothes and dance and mm-hmm. statues and things with them. Uh, do, do you know? Uh, do you recall anything about uh, uh, what 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 sort of dance came from Indonesia? I mean, it could have been the uh,
1: well, I mean,
0: in New York,
1: what, yeah, what Balinese dance. What Indonesian, Well, you know, we we worked with a, a Balinese. We were kind of centered at the the Bal- the Indonesian consulate or Balinese consulate. And there was a group uh that worked uh, out of there and, and they uh performed at Drum Song last year in one year and and then there was a young um, Manipuri dancer from India. And th- I think it's the dancer that I introduced you to. She lived, she was living in Bali. She she studied Balinese dance even though she was Indian. She she was, she studied Balinese dance and became very Quite good at it.
0: Oh, you your student?
1: Well, she wasn't my student. She was someone who taught at Lotus uh-huh. and performed performed for us. And then she decided to go to Bali and ended up staying there for quite a while. I think she's back in the states now. I think during the pandemic she had to come back.
0: Yeah. I I just remembered uh, Katrinka and I went to Bud and saw a student of yours who was studying dance here and met with her and it was a really nice, uh, uh, like recital of of dances, uh, different types, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, from this school. It was in Mas, which means gold, which is you know right on the edge of the town of. Who mm-hmm. That was great, and she was so nice, and uh, I I never saw her again. No. But um, well, you know, you get here, people get busy, and
1: yeah, I'm curious to you know what she, you know, what she's up to because she was, she was really good. I mean, she was an excellent dancer. Yeah. And, um, she studied the music, you know. She was very serious uh, about, you know, learning everything about it, the culture, and the dance.
0: Yeah. And, um, well, she and she knew a lot more than we did. You know, we tend to see just we tend to take like if there's somebody visiting, we take them to uh Ubud to the palace to see mm-hmm. Legong. Yeah. That's the most famous dance here. And mm. uh uh it's more than dance, my gosh, it's like a whole ceremony it's fantastic.
1: Yeah,
0: ritual. Uh and um and it's different every time and there you know it goes on in different places. But the um the Kachak, which is all men in an a cappello and uh is so yeah. uh, compelling, uh what a, a driving chant. Uh yeah.
1: Uh, we we had a we had that at Lotus actually, um a
0: workshop <laughs>
1: in Kachak. Guys- no
0: kidding. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I studied Balinese dance actually, uh, one summer and two summers in Berkeley. Is that and, right? And the teacher that I had, um he taught it ended up at Cal Arts teaching Balinese dance. Oh wow. He came to New York and he did a workshop in well he did a performance in um The Mass dances. Uh-huh. and then he led a workshop in Ketchup. So that was a lot of fun. Oh, Ketchup. Really yeah. Yeah, that's the mon- the monkey chat.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I ever heard about Bali back in about oh, nineteen uh seventy eight. Uh Andrew Weil, uh, you know, the the guy who got well known for his uh, health and healing stuff and uh, mm-hmm. w- experimenting with different types of uh, herbs and drugs and and alternative and standard medicine. Anyway, he played a tape. Uh, I was visiting him in Tucson. He played a tape. Mm-hmm. He'd been to Bali of the Gachak and it was just mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah. I want to go there. And And then... In ninety two uh uh my uh, prior wife and I, Elon, uh went to Bali for two months and I saw the Kachak about four times. And you can't mm. see it like that anymore. I mean it was no. it was out in the the sticks, you know, sitting around mm-hmm. outside and like a hundred guys. It was so dynamic.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Uh <laughs> It's the, the place is a lot more crowded and developed and everything. Now mm. you know those dances were developed by Europeans here back in like the thirties. They took mm-hmm. the the original dances, and they modified them. And they were taking uh, Balinese dancers and Kachak and everything around Europe on tours, mm. uh, and they they developed it specifically to help. Bali uh, have something to present to tourists, uh, oh. and uh, I know people that you know go to villages and see the more original dances, and I've seen a little bit of that, but um, mm-hmm. hmm. ah, so. Um, well, it, go on. Well, there's
1: another. There's a group. there's a, uh, there's a uh, west. Sumatran dancer that has been living in New York and that's been working with us over the last couple of years. Now she's, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary. She, You know, she's formed a company and she's been training dancers. and Very different. You know, the West Sumatran dance style is um, and music is, is uh, quite different from Balinese and Javanese.
0: Oh, I'd love to see it. And,
1: yeah, it's wonderful. We have um I think we live streamed the the November uh World Dance Festival and that her group was on on the program. Mm. You can go to her website probably and see it. Mm. I think it's still
0: mm. up. Mm. Um when when did you meet Tom Buckner?
1: In Berkeley? Uh
0: uh-huh.
1: And well, his first wife was studying Indian dance. Mm. And we were in the same class and we were friends and and then I was with Don Buchler at the time and and Don and you know, because of Don's interest in you know, electronic music, he knew Tom also. Mm. So we were all friends.
0: Mm. And when did you and Tom get married?
1: not
0: until many years later huh when we were in New york huh ah, ah. hmm and um uh, you know i've I've gone with you to hear Tom sing and um he's uh he he's got one of the most unique uh singing styles uh And, uh, you know, very, what, I don't know, what would you call it? What's it called?
1: Well, I guess you would call it experimental music, new music.
0: (laughs) Yeah, experimental new music. Uh, And my mother introduced me to experimental new music uh, Mm. when I was young. And I've been involved in different types of experimental Mm. music. I really, really enjoyed that. And um, uh, so, w- when did you get involved with uh, Richard Baker? It was
1: it was right after he died. Uh huh. So Richard took over, and, and I continued. I continued to you know to sit at Zen at Center um, up until my teacher came to teach at Mills College that summer, and then, you know, just began being very focused on Indian dance, mm-hmm. studying with her every summer, and when she came from India, um, and going wherever she, like, she taught at the University of Washington in Seattle one summer, and then the programs were in Berkeley for the next couple of years, and then, then I went to India mm-hmm. uh, to study with her.
0: Mm. Mm. And uh you continued a relationship with the uh, uh banker through the through the years as I have.
1: Yes, um <laughs> yes. Um I think that when when he was uh running the part Santa Fe Center. I remember going to visit there. Uh huh. And um, and sitting there. Just you know, just as a, a, a visitor and moved there. And then when they were they were talking about starting Crestone, I remember going up to visit to see what it was like and um and that's where Tom and I were married at
0: Crestone. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah. Well, wow, I loved going to Crestone. Uh I, I, I missed the whole Santa Fe thing, uh, but um, I've I've uh, been fortunate to spend time at Creston. I love going there, and I love yeah. being in Germany uh, at at uh, yeah. yeah, Johanneshof. Yeah, uh,
1: that's
0: um, uh, you know, I've spent months there at a time. Mm. And, uh, in fact, that's the only—we uh, we came to Bali in 2013, and mm-hmm. the only time I've left this part of the world was to go uh, for his 80th birthday and the 20th anniversary of oh. Uh which was great. Um, were you there? I can't remember what happened.
1: I don't think we made it for the 20th anniversary yeah. celebration, but we usually Tom has a um, new music festival that he goes to in Czech Republic in August, mm. and usually after that we would go and we would go and visit Johannesov because we were already in Europe.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was there for mm, three weeks or something. It was quite an event, and that. Hoei Suzuki, you know Shunyu Suzuki's mm. son and his mm-hmm. wife came, and and uh, I helped out with them because nobody spoke any Japanese. uh, mm. uh and uh, you know showed them around. So, um, yeah, that was I really enjoyed that. Hmm. So, um, huh? Yeah,
1: we, did you get to see the new like Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've been there mm. a couple of times. Mm. Uh, and sat in the the news and uh, it's amazing i just yeah. put up a uh, a podcast with uh Lynn Brackett, uh ri- oh, nice. richard's you know brother-in-law who who yeah. uh, built that zendo yeah. it, it just went up Saturday. and in, in fact i'm working mm. on a page for him uh on cute.com i want uh i want to get that uh Oh, I had a little bit you know page where I put some links here and there uh mm-hmm. and stuff about him and link to his podcast and uh, uh, and it's it's so interesting uh i I visit Lynn when I go to Nevada city where he is an amazing mm-hmm. uh relationship with his hawk uh that's um just as interesting as the Japanese carpentry. And you know, he he was um he started uh, a little Zen sitting thing in his college where many Zen students came to Zen Center. So mm.
2: um
0: anyway, so you know, to me the Zendo had it was built by somebody with a real history with Zen Center.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah exactly. Um, and also buying that building where it is was, um, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, a fly on the wall. I was there earlier when he wanted to get it. I was there before, uh, and it was just this really big building next door. It's mm-hmm. a home with, like, a, a big shop underneath, and, and the homes in that area, is, uh, I'm sure you've noticed, have barns mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> The mm-hmm. home
0: is built around a barn in a sort of picturesque uh, mm-hmm. Black Forest village. And then, you know, he started talking about how they had to acquire it, what was going to become available. And everybody thought, well, we can't even keep this place up, Johannesop, which is <laughs> rather substantial itself.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah.
0: he said, "No, we won't survive unless we have a, a certain size, you know, uh, unless we can provide a, a certain amount of um, activity and and space for people. And he's you know how articulate he can be in convincing. Yeah. And so right in the middle of him doing this, uh, I wrote some letter mm-hmm. to them supporting it. And I told him, I mm-hmm. said, this is exactly what you did at Zen Center to get Green Gulch farm. Uh, mm. That,
1: yeah, that was
0: everybody was against it. And he said, you know, we won't survive unless we have it. I mean, he's so uh, mm, he he's so skilled at doing that. You know, it's, it's sort of a vision of Things mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and he's very good at implementing it, getting things. Yeah. St- I mean, look what he's gotten established uh, is. Um, yeah, I know Crestone
1: just keeps growing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, there's so many of us. Uh, that there are very few people who I could say. I can't I wouldn't be here I don't I, I don't know what would have happened with my life without them and uh, mm-hmm. you know my parents and uh, 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 and Suzuki and Baker uh, mm-hmm. there's not a lot I remember seeing you and Tom I I think I was with Katrinka my, my present wife it, mm-hmm. in I'm, I'm Almagoder. I'm What's the name of that town near Creststone? We had... Alamoha? Huh? Yeah, we had dinner together. A, yeah. That was about... Uh, uh, 15, 17... No, 16 years ago. I can't remember.
1: Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. It that long ago?
0: <laughs> well, we've been here... Well, maybe no, maybe 12 years ago, maybe maybe 12 years ago, yeah. I mean, we've been here uh, almost nine years now, so
2: Mm.
0: it had to be more than that. Mm. So, Kamala, what else? Uh, Do you have anything else to add to this uh, colorful life?
1: (laughs) Well, I, I feel really fortunate that, you know, I've been able to maintain a connection with with Zen Center. I mean, certainly because, you know, we've been, I think I I saw Richard in, at Johansson more than I have in in, in the States. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because our schedules are so crazy that usually when we have time to travel, you know, to go to Creston, he's not there. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, because he spends the six months in Germany and then uh, he's, he's in at Krefstone from like the fall and and then through the practice period. But that's by the time, like, you know, I, I think he went one time for the
0: machine uh, in December. <laughs>
1: so I don't think I can handle this again. <laughs> Yeah. It was so cold. Yeah, I've been
0: there in the winter. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we tend to like go when it's in the summertime.
0: Yeah, it's like at like nine thousand feet or something you know, way up yeah. there.
1: That's pretty serious.
0: And it's dangerous, you know. I'm seventy seven mm-hmm. now. Um, I don't want to be around icy walks.
1: I uh, see <laughs> slippery slopes.
0: <laughs> yeah, he broke his arm last year, wasn't it? Last year. I know. Crazy. We, yeah. <sighs> um, yeah. But you know,
1: we've been doing the we we, we did the lecture series on Zoom with um, some that were um, recently. It was really wonderful. It was wonderful.
2: <laughs>
1: and they were talking about yeah he did a whole series on reading some Suzuki's books various minds yeah, and mine yeah i'm
0: wonderful. i'm I'm just getting a hold of that you know i want i want to include it in the archive uh, and uh uh i I wasn't able to attend it live but i'm I'm getting it uh uh I'm getting the uh, the zoom okay.
1: you you getting the recording yeah
0: yep. i get the recording yeah, they were
1: really wonderful.
0: I've I've been uh, I just edited a, a couple of uh, Suzuki's uh, lecture tapes. They're almost mm-hmm. all the the uh, Los Altos lecture tapes were lost, mm-hmm. but there's a few uh, that remain. And uh, I found that by going through them and editing them a little, taking out his coughs and excessive spaces mm-hmm. and you know clicks and pops in the tapes, it makes them much easier mm-hmm. to listen to. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, those, so those lectures are pretty crazy, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a wild mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, they both have wild minds, uh, <laughs> uh and uh, uh, very original, uh, creative thinking, uh, yeah. And Suzuki comes from a culture. Where being original and creative is always within a traditional capsule or something, so it tends to be so uh, such a high percentage of what comes out is just what was there before, done with you know in a slightly mm-hmm. different personal way. But when Suzuki got to America a lot of those restraints were lifted. And even in that mm-hmm. case, I think most Japanese teachers who've come to America still maintained the, the uh, mm, still st- stayed in Japan in a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. Suzuki learned from us and, and sort of bloomed in America and, uh, uh, um and he's not the only one. There have been a number of Japanese artists and and some uh uh Buddhist teachers from Japan mm-hmm. who've uh found the freedom of being in the West, uh a lack of of uh restraints uh to be uh liberating. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah Yeah.
0: Hmm. So um, well, I guess we're. Unless you have something else to add, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, it's late here, and <laughs> I think I'm hmm? fading fast. I think I'm fading fast. <laughs> uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Well, uh huh. Well, yeah, you're at. You're you're approaching ten o'clock at night there. Um,
1: yeah, almost ten thirty. <laughs> That's my
0: bedtime. Oh, is it really? Is that late? Oh, right, right. We started late. We started late. Yeah, so it's ten thirty in the morning here. Um, well, gee, uh, why don't you come visit? Uh. <laughs> yeah, oh, gee, I would love to be in Bali again. <laughs> and
1: that
0: was so wonderful. Yeah, we had such a great time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'd love to see you both and. I just don't know if that yeah, will happen. Yeah, you never know happen. what's going to happen. Yeah, but at least I got to have a nice talk with you. and
1: Yeah, it's so great to reconnect, reconnect all these yeah. great stories, and it's really great following what you're doing, and I'm so glad you're doing it. It's a great you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's... Um, it keeps me out of trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, that's
1: important. <laughs> yeah, that
0: and my wife. My wife could oh, drink it. She sick. keeps me out of trouble. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. My love to you okay, and Tom baby. and. Thank you. And and uh, stay in touch. Let me know what you're up to. Keep doing that. And yeah. Uh, we'll do. Until we meet again, take care. Yes. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you very much, Kamala. Wow. Yeah, and you ought to see, uh, like, her uh, picture on, on her page and, and dressed in her Indian dance outfit. Very beautiful. This has been a cuke audio podcast. I'm DC, Pooh Bob, Audio, and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sonor with Dog and Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And that nice birdie outside the window. And see what type is that? Is that a cuckoo? Uh, I don't know, I forget. I asked, they tell me and then I forget. Anyway, and we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.